Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. You have hope because you know that the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them. You have hope because you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You have hope because you know that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God has in store for you. You have hope because you can know that I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It is not I who lives, but the Christ who lives in me. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Hebrews, uh, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read verses 11 through 25. Again, that is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 25. I'm going to be reading the New International uh, Translation of God's Word. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice... He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and the, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather and be in your word, Lord God. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, uh, that your word can do what it has been called to do, and that the Holy Spirit will plant a seed 
in good soil to produce a great harvest for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk about no need for repeats. No need for repeats. Um, I am not one for repeating things. If you ask me to do something and it requires a bunch of steps, I'm going to figure out how to not have to repeat them. I'm not saying I don't like instructions. I'm just saying I would really like to touch things one time and and not have to touch it uh, too much more after that. That's why I like serving on the board of directors for certain organizations, because we can vote, set a plan in place, and not have to repeat it. Um, I get a little frustrated if I'm on something and I realize we keep having the same problem over and over again. I don't like that. I would rather be able to touch it once, get the job done, and move on to the next thing. Kind of like things that are one and done, you know. Paper plates are one and done. Well, they should be. Uh, Trash bags should be one and done. I remember at one time where you where NBA players had to be one year removed uh, from high school before they could go to the pros, um, and they called people who you knew were only playing at that college for one year. Uh, a one-and-done player. There was no need for a repeat. It was to get them to the level that they needed to be at. Um, But there are some things I do enjoy uh, doing repeatedly. Um, I like to exercise. I like to exercise uh, repeatedly. I uh, also like to go to the barber as often as I can. And I know I'm not alone in that because the barbershop is never empty. Um, Something I learned about the barbershop just recently is uh, those poles that are red, white, and blue. Um, I thought that maybe there was some patriotism behind it or there was some other meaning, but I learned uh, that the barber uh, pole had nothing to do with that. It goes back to the Middle Ages. And people used to go to the barber shop for more than a haircut. Uh, They would actually go to the barber uh, to perform medical procedures uh, there, um, bloodletting, getting vaccines. You could get them from... uh, the barber, and the barber pole, uh, the red represented blood, white represented bandages, and blue was connected to the color of veins. And according to a history website, barbers and surgeons were actually a part of uh, the same guilds until 1745. And it wasn't until the 1800s where bloodletting had fell out of favor with the medical community that they started to separate. But there were multiple reasons to go to the barber uh, because the job 
was never finished. And uh, I thought about that as I learned about this passage going someplace over and over again. Um, Because of what had happened with the fall of man and Adam and Eve, uh, priests for the people of God had to make sacrifices every year in order to atone for the sins. Over and over again, the text says, day after day, they repeated the same actions and they made these sacrifices over and over again for the sins of the people. Uh, There were times even where uh, for atonement, the priests would be putting their lives on the line by going into the Holy of Holies, the most sacred part of the temple. And if they had sinned, uh, they would die going into that temple. So they put their lives on the line year after year uh, to, to offer sacrifices for the people who had messed up and had missed the mark. But when Jesus came and offered his sacrifice, that one sacrifice was enough. There was no need to repeat it. Jesus made his sacrifice, got up with all power in his hands, and went to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. One and done. No need to repeat Once was enough. Hit the mark on the first try. No need to come back for a mulligan or a redo. He did it and that settled it. And so because he did that, the writer for Hebrews is reminding the people in scripture uh, there is an assumption that this, the group that he's talking to are a bunch of uh, Jewish raised Christians who believed in Jesus and were gathered together. And so the author wrote this letter to the Hebrews to let them know what was going on. Uh, And so he reminds them of the covenant when he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds that their sins and lawlessness, I will remember no more. He was reaching back to Jeremiah to let them know that God had made a promise to the people and God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent so if God said it that settles it and so because Jesus did what Jesus did and there's no need to repeat uh, there are some things that we can do moving forward I won't be before you long, but I do want to point out a handful of things in the text. Uh, The first thing that we need to be able to do because Jesus did what Jesus did and there's no need to repeat is we need to live a life of confidence. Let the church say confidence. Type confidence in the comments. Because we know that Jesus gave himself for us willingly, we have no need uh, to be concerned about what else is going on. We, we, we are redeemed by the righteousness of God. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and shall never be beneath. Because Jesus did what Jesus did. And you don't have to be arrogant, but you can be confident 
When I was in undergrad, I came to Texas from Indiana and I had registered for classes. I wanted to be an electrical engineer. And, and because I wanted to be an electrical engineer, I signed up for classes like calculus and physics and chemistry, uh, things that would help me become an engineer. Uh, but when I tried to register for those classes my, first, my freshman year, first semester, I could not register for those classes because I didn't have a Texas test on file. So they put me in remedial math and remedial English and remedial reading uh, because if I had not had these tests on file that everybody else took that lived in Texas when they graduated, they could not verify my skills, my uh, academic aptitude. And so there was a one to two week time where I was not in those classes that I wanted to be. And so I scheduled the test and I went and took the test. And because I knew who I was and because I knew the material, they gave us five hours to take this test. I was out of there in about two because I knew the material. And the proctor made a smart comment when I turned in my test and said, I guess I'll be seeing you again. I said, no, you won't. And when my task scores came back, I had passed the reading, the math, and the science portion, and I was able to drop those remedial classes and get into the classes that I needed to get into so that I could go pursue my degree. I wasn't arrogant. I was confident. And because I knew who I was, I didn't let somebody else's label stop me from being who I am. I know who I am. I'm God's child. I know who I am. I'm the apple of his eye. I know who I am. I know that I am loved. I know that I am loved. And so we have this confidence that what Jesus did settles it. And so not only do we live a life of confidence, but we also live a life of hope. Let the church say hope. Put hope in the comments. Uh, uh, we, we have a hope that Jesus is coming back again. We believe that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We have hope. When you have hope for something, you don't just sit around and think that everything's going to go bad. When you have hope in something, uh, I've heard hope described as faith with the lights on. Uh, and, and so you have hope that it's going to work out for your good. You have hope because you know that the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them. You have hope because you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You have hope because you know that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God has in store for you. You have hope because you can know that I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It is not I who lives, but the Christ who lives in me. Have hope. Think about the future. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. 
Do you believe that Christ died for your sins and got up with all power in his hands? Well, if you do, you should have something to hope for. He gave his life for us that we should have life and have it more abundantly. Faith with the lights on. Hope. Be able to reach out and grasp what God has in store for you. And not only do we need a life of community, a life of confidence rather, uh, and, and, and a life of hope, but we can also live a life in community. Uh-oh. There it is again, that word community. Uh, I, I remember Reverend Dr. Jamie Clark Souls telling us all the time in, in, uh, in, um, in seminary that you cannot be a Christian outside a community. You got to be able to get along and work with and be involved with other people. You can't just go to church and that be it. Uh, going to church does not make you any more a Christian than standing in a garage makes you a car. You're in the building, but are you doing the other things that make you the object you pretend to be? Um, um, Jesus is both the new high priest for us and the sacrifice for the people. And Jesus gives us a permanent pardon for our sins. Christ's sacrifice makes access to God possible. And so if Christ is the high priest that made the one sacrifice that we don't need to repeat anymore, and he now presides over us, can't we all come together considering what Jesus Christ has done for us? Uh, the text says we need to meet together. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We got to come together. Uh, uh, we got to come together and not only come together, we got to encourage one another. We ought not be beating up on our own believers. We ought not be beating up on our own fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I, I feel sad inside when I hear people describe Christianity as the only army where we wound our own soldiers. Yes. Encourage one another. Come to church. Have Bible study, have youth group, have, have, have groups that come together and meet with one another, musical groups and mission teams and men's groups and women's groups. The point is, is we need to meet in ways that encourage one another. If we're going to call ourselves the church, we have to meet with one another. The blood of Christ is a perfect sacrifice one that removes away the need for the temple sacrifices. It is such an enormous gift that we should probably have some way to, to signify on our church doors and remind the people what Jesus has done for them. Therefore, my friends, says Hebrews, since we have confidence to enter into the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus... We can walk in and have a great priest over the house of God and let us approach with a full heart and a full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience because our bodies have been washed by the blood. What 
can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What? can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus did it one time and that was enough. There was no need to repeat going to Calvary. There was no need to repeat being in the borrowed tomb. There was no need to repeat rising up early on the third day with all power in his hands. One and done. No need to repeat. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, The doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. There is none like you. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you that once was enough. We thank you that he is the great high priest that rules over all of us and presides. Lord God, we ask that as this word goes forth, that the Holy Spirit touches those who need to be touched, that they'll want to know Christ and the pardoning of their sins, and they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, let this be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. In the name above all names that we submit this prayer, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.